Please pray with me three times. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that all of us may do a heart check. We hear about the heart in our responsorial psalm. We hear about the heart in our gospel. And we ask for a cleansing of our hearts so that we may worship you not only in our minds, but from the heart. We make all these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. So yesterday I was in Milwaukee visiting a couple that I was at their wedding as a deacon. And then after that I went to my brother's house with his wife. And it was his, it was his 39th birthday. So he's holding on to the 30s. He's not looking forward to the 40s. And then I asked my sister-in-law, who's pretty high up at Sargento Cheese Company, and she does a lot of work there, and, she, and I said, what do you do, or what does your workplace do when change is coming? And she said, well, one thing we did at a meeting, and I'm not going to do this now, so hear me out, but she said the first thing we did is everyone sat down, and then our boss said, now I want you all to move to a different place. And she said people kind of looked around angry, frustrated, because we all have our place. We like to sit. We're creatures of habit. And then, she, and then they said they had to discuss what that change was like. And I bring that up because for all of us, we have some changes coming. Next week, mass times change. And we have to sometimes do a heart check and saying, where am I really at? Because Jesus is very aggressive in his words in the gospel today. And a lot of times people like to paint Jesus as this, just, he's just a nice guy. Well, do you remember the time when he flipped tables in the temple? And then today he looks at the Pharisees and the scribes and he says, you hypocrites, you only look good on the outside, but let's look at the heart. Let's, let's start living from the inside out. So I want to give you a few metaphors as we look at this time of transition of saying, where are we at in our hearts? Now, I'm well aware that every single metaphor I give you has a fault. But it, sometimes metaphors help us really look at where am I? Where am I going? What motivates me? Because as much as I bring these metaphors up for you, I also put them on my shoulders twice as heavy. Because amidst this abuse scandal, this time of purgation in the church, this time of cleansing in the church, we really have to be on our A game to defend the beauty of the church, the truth of the church that Jesus Christ founded. So my first metaphor. Let's talk about the Packers. Let's assume that the Packers have a 12 o'clock game next week Sunday. I don't know if they do. I really don't care. But let's assume they do for a second. But because, and this happens from time to time, but because they are going to make more money, they're going to move the game to 3 o'clock. And we're all invited to that game. We all have tickets. But a lot of you have a 90th birthday party for your grandmother at 3.30 p.m., what would you choose to do? Would you make a sacrifice or not? Well, I can feel the tension building in the room already. <laughs> All right. We have a lot of casinos around the area. So let's say for at 5 a.m., one of the casinos calls you and says, we picked your hat out of a name and at 5 a.m. until 6 a.m., you have unlimited access to the slot machines, and your chance of winning the lottery is 7 to 10. Would you get up and go at 5 in the morning? Shake your head. Yes, you would. 
Okay, let's go, let's go a little bit deeper ones. Let's say you found out that you had to have surgery on your heart because you have what they call a leaky valve and you have less than 24 hours to live. The only doctor who can help you is in Wausau or Green Bay and your appointment is at 4 in the morning. Would you go? Yes, I hope you would. All right, let's talk about shopping for a second. These are things that motivate us. Let's assume that the grocery store or the cell phone store or the car store or whatever has an amazing deal coming up. At the grocery store, they bought too much food, so all that extra food is 50% off. They made too many iPhones or Samsung tablets or whatever, or the cars, they or made them. Everything is 75% off. But the only time that they're going to open the stores from is from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Would you go? Shake your head. Yes, you would. And let's assume for the past 10, 20, 30 years of your life, your bank forgot to tell you that your account was accruing interest and they made certain investments in the stock market. And you actually have a million dollars waiting for you personally at the bank. But since there's so many people that they have to go, they have to go through to come in, the only time that they can have you come in is at 2 in the morning to get your check and to cash that check in the bank. Would you go? Yeah, you're darn right you would. So when we look at these things, and when we have changes coming in the church with mass times, we have to really ultimately look at what are we receiving here that you cannot get with the Packers, that you cannot get at the casino, that you cannot get at the grocery store, that you cannot get at the cell phone store or Amazon or whatever. And ultimately, if we've been paying attention, the past five weeks we've been talking about the Bread of Life discourse where we believe the source and summit of our faith, which means the depths, it doesn't get any deeper than this or any higher, is the body and blood of Jesus, which is the Eucharist. And we really have to look at our hearts because if this is true worship, if this is the, truly the body and blood of Jesus, it's worth more than a million dollars, it's more, worth more than any cell phone or gambling, whatever you can get, we should be coming in here running in droves because this is the only thing that's going to ease that ache in our heart. And when we look at the cross, I want you to look at the cross with me for a second. Jesus gives himself to us unconditionally. And the question is, why do we put conditions on unconditional love sometimes? You want me to come to Mass a half an hour earlier or half an hour later? Whole hum. Don't be a Scrooge. The reason why Father Matt are making these Mass changes, these time changes, is ultimately because we love you. We run from Mass to Mass to Mass. Ask the musicians. Having an hour and a half between Masses is horrible for building community and building a family of faith. In my first year and two months of being here, I have not been to coffee and donuts once. Because after this Mass, I always had to jet and go to the next one. But now, because these Mass changes, I don't have to. I can get to know you. I don't have to jet out the door. And if you want to complain to me about how bad my homily was, you're more than welcome to. You can do that now. If you want to tell me I did a good job, whatever. But we have to look at what are we willing to sacrifice for the truth? Because when we look at our hearts and when Jesus looks at the Pharisees and the scribes in the gospel today, he looks at them straight in the face and he says, you hypocrites. 
Hypocrites are actors. Hypocrites are people who have everything on the outside saying, hey, I got it all together. But in their hearts, it's completely empty. They're just going through the motions. And in their hearts, and even the heart, in the, in the Word of God, in the Bible, it's all over the place. And we have to ask ourselves, do we have hearts of Pharisees? Do I have a heart of Pharisees? Do we all have a heart of Pharisees? Or I'm calling us to do something radical. I want you to have a heart of a warrior. Because in this time of tribulation and trials and purgation in the church, when we heard and are continuing to hear about this, the nastiness that happened in Pennsylvania with the abuse scandal, now mind you, all those priests are dead, unfortunately, but what happened to their victims is unspeakable. It's nauseating. For the past two months, I've just been spinning, wanting to puke, wanting to barf. But I want to call us to have a heart of a warrior and not to flee from the, from the war that's being waged on the church. But I want us to, to fight. I want us to fight for the truth and saying, that's not my church, that's not what I've grown up, grown up with. That's not what Jesus is calling each of us to. So I just want to go through a few scripture verses to say, what does Jesus say about the heart? What does the word of God say about the heart? Because in Jeremiah 17, 9, or 17, 9 through 10, he says, more torturous than all else is the human heart. Beyond remedy, who can understand it? I, the Lord alone, probe the mind and test the heart to reward everyone according to his ways, according to the merits of his deeds. So what we do is how we're going to be judged. And Jesus, when he's calling Peter off the water, and he says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. And in Psalm 51, after David just totally blew it, by committing adultery and killing Josiah. He writes Psalm 51 where he even asks, a pure heart create for me, O God. In Ezekiel 36, we're offered a new heart where God says to his people, I will cleanse you, I will give you a new heart, taking from your bodies your stony hearts, those ones that have been hardened by the world and what other people have done to us, and I will give you natural hearts. Here in Matthew 5, 8, in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Matthew 6, 21 says, for, though, for where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. Is our treasure the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus, or is it money? Is it the Packers? Is it our cell phone? Is it our car? Psalm 86 says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. Not just partiality, but even when I'm at my wit's ends, I'm still going to come forward and give true worship. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son or my daughter, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. And John 14, 27 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. So as we go into this time of transition, as we go into this time of change. What are the changes that are happening? Here they are. All masses will be two hours from each other. Four and six on Saturdays, seven, nine, and eleven on Sundays. But before the four o'clock and six o'clock, we will have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament of the Eucharist with confession. Before the nine o'clock and eleven o'clock, we will have adoration and confession so we can cleanse our hearts and receive the Lord more naturally. So we can take that stony heart of ours, of mine, and replace it with a natural heart. 
because we're called to receive the Lord in a state of grace. And we must not cling on to human traditions if it's, oh, this is just always the way we've done it here at St. John's or always we've done it at St. Wenceslas or St. Mary's in Hyacinth. It's always been that way. That doesn't work. We can't cling on to these human traditions because when I come and ask people, oh, why do we do this at St. John's or why do we do this at St. Wenceslas or St. Mary's in Hyacinth? Well, we've always done it that way, Father. We wonder sometimes why the pews are empty. We have to know the why behind the what of what we do. We have to be intelligent about our faith. We have to be able to defend our faith. And as the past few weeks, you might have noticed we have these music stands in the church with just basic Catholic prayers. And a lot of us just don't know our basic Catholic prayers anymore. And as we go forward, as I said, I want us to not have a heart that flees. I don't want us to have a heart that is a heart of a Pharisee. I want to challenge us to have a heart of a warrior. Because I need your prayers just as much as you probably need mine. Because I am totally lost and frustrated and discouraged with what's been happening in this church. With what men did in the past. And one prayer that we stopped doing when a lot of this stuff started occurring was, or is, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. For those of you who remember this, around like 1970, we just stopped praying the St. Michael prayer. And I don't know why, but it's a warrior's prayer. And we have to be fighters. We have to ask for protection because in the late 1800s, Pope Leo XIII had a vision and he saw what was going to happen in the church. He saw the next hundred years where the devil was just going to go on rampage. And man, did he ever. We never saw more deaths in the, in the 19th century or 20th century than ever before. And in the 1970s, we stopped praying the warrior's prayer. We stopped fighting we started seeing a really strange church. We started seeing a church that became, oh, let's just be welcoming. Let's just be nice. And not, mind you, yes, let's be welcoming. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But then God became a balloon. God became a pushover. He became a flower. And we forgot the fact that he's a warrior on that cross fighting for his bride, not willing to, to bow down to the world, but he said, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to take up their sins and I'm going to nail every single one of them to that cross and I'm going to set them free and I'm going to offer them new life. And I'm going to teach them how to fight. I'm going to teach them not how to back down. I'm going to teach them how to stand up and go to one another when it gets tough. And when it gets tough, the tough get going, right? So what are we going to do, St. John's? What are we going to do, Anago, in this time of trial and tribulation? Are we going to flee the church or are we going to stand up and fight for the truth? and allow the church to be purified and to, give, to be given a new heart. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to take out your Roman Missal, right, or your Heritage Missal right now, which on the back cover is the St. Michael prayer. And I'm asking for your commitment to pray this prayer with me right now, but also make a commitment to praying it every single day. Pray the St. Michael prayer, learn the St. Michael prayer, and pray it in times of trial and tribulation because this is a warrior's prayer. This is a fighter's prayer. A prayer that people pray when they're not going to back down, but they're going to go into the church when it's burning. Because that is what is the truth right now. We don't fight when we're cowards. We fight when we take courage and we're warriors. So please pray with me on the upper right-hand corner on the back cover, the St. Michael prayer. And, and pray it every day. Make a commitment to be a warrior and not to be a Pharisee, as we all pray. Saint Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil.
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking ruin of souls. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you.